Next door, talking about you spooky know. stuff. Yeah, you know how we do. Yeah, we're being very specific about the spooky stuff recently. Yeah, we're like this. Yeah, and then we drop it, and we're like Let's also talk about this. this. <laughs> yeah, um, what we're doing primarily. Sorry, I'm like fixing my hair. While how I'm doing this. dare you? You need to come to set. Prepared. prepared yeah it's super true we i almost said ready new... so like it's cool that we feel so prepared to be in sync it's <laughs> good um we are in a new lair uh as you can tell it doesn't look like our spooky basement anymore yeah. so things are different it's a spooky above ground yes but like twice yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and we uh have been in recent episodes been focusing primarily on uh, social horror. Mm-hmm. So, like, slightly similar yeah. to our horrors of society. Yes. But, yeah. right now, you know, we're talking specifically yeah. about, like, one film instead of more than one film. Yeah. What I think is, like, what we keep coming into when we are have been, like, exploring these films, like, over this time, mm-hmm. is that there's all the articles and stuff are reaffirming what we've been saying for like since the beginning of time with our podcast which is that horror tells these stories and like you know amplifies the horrors that we're facing right it is used as an outlet to be like this is really messed up people are suffering the world is suffering x y and z and so we use this horror film to Mm -hmm. kind of showcase one or so issues etc and so horror has always done that like we you know frankenstein <laughs> you know yeah, we've like, been saying it, yeah like for a minute and it's funny because it's like i feel like i was slightly worried and you were slightly worried about us like running out of stuff to talk about and it's like no nah, i mean like we're just gonna keep saying the same stuff but about a different thing so that it just keeps reaffirming the fact that hey remember the thing we said this is the thing the whole time it yeah. keeps going and it continues to be the thing the more times you see it maybe the more it'll start to like solidify in people's brains yeah um so that they understand it instead or it'll have the opposite effect where it's like i don't know how to fix it so yeah it's not there it's movie time only yeah well i think we're getting a little better we're seeing things um and i think because of the political climate today people are more susceptible to be willing to learn and understand and appreciate that media Mm -hmm. that is trying to teach you something. And so we're seeing now like people kind of flocking to things like Watchmen or being excited about something like Lovecraft Country because they are ready, right? So like, it's finally the time for social work. All the people were like, it's not the time. It's the time now. (laughs) Yeah, it's always been the time. Yeah, But now it's the time that people like, yeah, you know, and so- some. Yeah, 
Yes. Not everybody. Not, we can't get but, everybody. But people like uh, it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And today we're we're going to be talking about a social horror that I was honestly very excited about when mm-hmm. I saw the trailer. I was like, that is so sick. Yeah, we were hyped to see. I feel like we were going to see it in person if that presented itself as an option. But yeah. then life. Yes. And no. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, exactly. And so we did not see this in person. We saw it very recently now. Um, and it was long awaited. And maybe that's why it was kind of disappointing because we wanted it so bad. We I had our hopes up. See, it had me the first half. And the second half was just a hard turn. No. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like. Also, the way we've been viewing, like, I don't know, I just feel like things recently have just, like, helped us really solidify how we feel about a lot. Yeah. So I think our stance against certain things is firmer. Yeah. Um, We've had a lot of time to just, like, really drench ourselves in it, I guess. And just, like, in ways more than just the media that we're watching, like, in educating ourselves and it's every like everything is everywhere all the time because we don't have it most of the time don't have anywhere to go yeah so you can't escape it it's just all the time yeah. so i feel like that maybe helps us hone in on it i also think it's uh being more comfortable because it's a little more acceptable to be angry mm-hmm. and to be vocal about it like yeah. i mean people have always been angry we've definitely been angry and we've definitely used this as a platform to kind of talk about things yeah but we've also kind of held back a little because again it wasn't the time or wasn't really uh, an environment in which you could be that vocal or that excited mm-hmm. and and angry about those things like in, in critiques right and there was like a an article talking about this film which is what we're t- going to be talking about which is the invisible man uh where you know it said that this film couldn't exist in the degree that it is now before the me too movement Mm, and like totally true because one this man who wrote who directed it wouldn't have known that so many of the women around him were affected by abuse of some sort right like the world was kind of blind to that Mm-hmm. that reality that so many women face and that we all have a story like we yeah. all have a me too right yeah and so it took a movement like that to then fuel a film like this and it just is sad because of the point of view that it is from mm-hmm. um or you know that it, i think that's kind of where it loses some of its magic but um i agree that i don't think it could have existed without the me too movement which is started by women same was black lives matter started by women like mm-hmm. <laughs> out here trying to you know uh, change it the women of color specifically black yeah women. so um yeah so we're going to talk about the invisible man and i think it is similar to get out in that it is very apparent what it's trying to tell you yeah. It's not kind of like, it's very like in your face. It's not like you should watch a hour long YouTube video after you've seen it to unpack every little tiny detail that meant this yeah. secretly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's more like, Hey, that's happening. Yeah. Look at it. Be upset. Yeah. Well, the thing that get out is there's so much to impact too. Oh, it's um, both. But yeah. it was so much so like, like, you know, like, it's really hard to argue that get out is not a film about race. Like, there's no way mm-hmm. to argue 
that it's not that, right? Mm -hmm. And the same thing with Invisible Man. It's really like you cannot argue that this is not a film about toxic relationships and abusive relationships, right? Domestic violence. Um, it is very clearly that. Yeah. And so I think it's like that in, the, in that, well, like with the first part, right? You can't yeah. argue that that's not about how America <laughs> has, you know, used and abused minorities and BIPOC. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. you would, you would, I mean, you would lose that argument. It's yeah. like that guy in the park. He's like, convince me otherwise. Oh, that, but yeah. You definitely could. Change my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. You know, it's like, meme. Okay. You know it's convince like, me otherwise. It's like the fancy one. Convince me of an ulterior. <laughs> Guys, all I'm saying is. <laughs> okay. I've been out of the practice of the saying words to other humans. Yeah. And. It is apparent. She can tell now. Yeah. When you said it. You know, that's good. Thanks, Gabe. You're welcome. Friends. I got you. Uh, that was great. You're welcome. That's what you come to ghouls for, is mm -hmm. these gems like these. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, so this film, uh, like I said, it's very in your face about domestic abuse. Um, and, and with that, like, I think that's one of the more powerful parts about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it, it does, you know, very clearly tell you the story that it's going to tell you, Um and, and, and like drives those themes home right i just think it kind of falls flat in the third act which we'll talk about um and i and there's also a parallel with a similar similar and themed but uh our favorite horror film which is it follows mm -hmm. <laughs> does this much better um even though the thing with it follows is that everyone who most people who watch it don't really see it for that Mm -hmm. like they don't it's realize not that as that's in your face yeah. yeah so I, I would say in this case invisible man really does you know uh tell you exactly what you're gonna get mm -hmm. um whereas like it follows you do have to like dig for it you yeah. have to be paying attention a little more so yeah. for that i would say you know that's a, it gets a win in that column but yeah. if you do not know what invisible man is about it is from 2020 yeah, oh yeah wow Oof. What a year. It's been a long year. It's been a long year. It's fine. It's We're still so fine. early. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's what it's about. Uh, after staging his own suicide, a crazed scientist uses his power to become invisible to stalk and terrorize his ex-girlfriend. When the police refuse to believe her story, she decides to take matters into her own hands and fight back. I don't know about that. I feel like that wasn't what happened. I don't know about that Wikipedia. That, like, wasn't what happened. I mean, she did eventually, but it really was, like, I don't know if it was so much a decision as, like, I kind of, I'm going to die if I don't kind of yeah. thing. Like, it's not really a decision. That's more of a reaction. Yeah. Like, there was no other choice. Well, <laughs> this film is directed by Lee Wintel. Let me double check that last name. Oh, I... Minimize my window. <laughs> it's been a long time. Winnell. Lee Winnell. Winnell. Bloomhouse, of course. You could have you let a woman have this one, Bloomhouse. You could have let a woman have just this one about a woman. No? Okay, it's fine. Uh, it's fine, Jason. It's fine. Uh, Remember what he said, though? He <laughs> said women don't want to. He yeah. would love for women to direct horror, but there's none out there. They're not out there. That's my impression of what that white man would sound like. Uh, check your inbox, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got to we'll my sorry though. to bother you. Uh, <laughs> no, 
sorry to bother you, but women don't want to direct horror films. Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, and they could have done a better job with this. This is starring uh, Elizabeth Moss. Mm-hmm. And we've discussed her before. She does yeah. a great job. I always uh, am under the impression that she uses the films that she stars in as her way to kind of explain that she's not really a Scientologist, but that's just me dreaming that, she, that she, she's better than Didn't Scientology. She, did she not say, like, have you seen the films? Like, yeah. Like, okay, she she it is like a, but I mean, I'm also, I also feel like I'm really reading into it because I'm hoping and praying that that's the case because it's yeah. really hard to disconnect from your family. Yeah. You'd lose everyone you know and love. Um, Scientology is a cult, so. Um, and it does not care about women. So her, you know, continuous uh starring roles in films and tv in which women are being oppressed and you're fighting back and you're this heroine who's trying to make something right i think is her way of being like yeah and but sure, i don't she's believe always, that she's always very human in her like she's definitely always very flawed in her role like in mm-hmm. that like she's very human dealing with this reality that she is trapped in yeah and like reacts very humanly to it yeah we're in that like she's not doing anything like superhuman or crazy like she has her selfish moments she has her like flawed moments she is very convincing yeah in her acting and yeah i think that like says something about potentially what the meaning of the things yeah and i think what's interesting about her is that she has such a unique like appearance too like mm-hmm. she's really pretty even just like dressed down like in yeah. like she plays all the roles where it's like i don't i'm not this beautified like super makeup but she's still beautiful yeah right like you still buy into like her being someone who would you know get this kind of attention um yeah i one of the things that uh i think about when i think about this film is like and then the the decision to have elizabeth moss who uh lee actually like consulted with her and went over the script and like wanted to be sure that a woman's voice had some weight in it yeah. Which does she admitted doesn't happen very often, unfortunately, in the film industry. Yeah. And so, um, having a woman as the 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 lead, right? Having the victim as a lead, because in the original Invisible Man, we're going through him, and he's kind of the victim. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that decision just kind of comes hand in hand with the idea of of domestic violence and and abusive relationships because it does tend to be women who are the ones suffering and are the victims like in like a majority of the cases yeah not all of them there are no universals absolutely not um but it does make me think of the Donald Glover quote from mm-hmm. when he was, he had a stand-up and he had said, why don't women have crazy men's stories? I don't really hear them. And then I realized it's because if you have a crazy boyfriend, you're going to die. Because it's like men, they got crazy girlfriends. And uh, at some point you got to ask yourself, if all your girlfriends happen to be crazy, maybe it's just you. <laughs> maybe it's you, bud. Uh, but It's probably you. It's probably you. Uh, but yeah, it's this idea that if if you have a crazy boyfriend, there's a lot of fear. And it's something that came with the Me Too movement was this acknowledgement that there's a certain expectation that men have or um power and control that is ingrained in in masculinity Uh and misogyny that they are also victims of and so it like they need that power they need that control and so that does happen to usually um end in like them being the abuser Mm -hmm. right but that's not again not to say there is any universals because there are plenty of men who have been harmed 
because of abusive relationships. There's even, a, I just saw an article about a K-pop star in the 90s who was murdered uh, mysteriously. And yeah. people rumor that it's it was his girlfriend at the time. Yeah, and I mean, abuse is not limited to just physical violence. There's emotional abuse. There is many others that I learned about in my trauma yeah. class that I had the names of four that no longer live in my brain. Emotional, um, yes. psychological, yeah. Yes. And I think that's what uh, that's what I think this film does do well, is that mm-hmm. abuse isn't cut and dry, right? Yeah. It's not just you get, like, the, you, and the problem that people have with this idea of, like, why don't you just leave, right? And it's because that's not really what it is. It's not what we see. Like, it's not uh, you go, you meet this person, you go on one date, and then all of a sudden they're hitting you. Like, that's not how that yeah. works, right? It's 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 control, and that's what the abuse is. It's, um, and she even says it in the film. She says, uh, he controlled what I wore and who I talked to and what I ate and uh-huh. when I went to sleep. Like, that's what they do. It's, it's yeah. this, they start controlling all these little pieces of your life. And the abuse does not, like, physical abuse usually doesn't come till quite later until you're in too deep. Yeah. And you have lost your independence and who you were and you've been alienated from everyone around you and so you kind of have nothing else and so you try to make this work and it's similar to the cult mentality of like if you've reasoned with the like if you made this premise logical for Mm -hmm. years like five years right and then on the fifth year of this cult they're like we have to kill ourselves for jesus it, at that point, like, you think, like, okay, you you would leave, but you wouldn't because you've, like, you would have to confront that you have been wrong for five years. Like, you would have to relearn and re-understand everything that you've taught yourself, yeah. like, the reality that you just warped and made your own. And so that's exactly what abusive relationships are. Like, you totally have it twisted. You, It's not black and white of, like, I just leave now. Like, your whole yeah. life is this person. They made it that way. Yeah. They made you alone so you can't go anywhere else. Yeah. And there is this, like, control and you feel it's your responsibility to do it. Another thing about abusers is that they generally are very charming. They yeah. are the light of the party right like people see them and people want them they're desirable they yeah. are very romantic and they woo you and sweep you off like your big feet. gestures and stuff yes and they're also like super they have a th- this air of vulnerability as well like where with just you right like making you special like i cry because i can be weak with you and like you give me the space to do that so then yeah. you feel responsibility as that person's crutch, right? Yeah. Like you're like, I'm the only one that they can be real with. So I owe it to them to give them this opportunity. Um, and so they are like that and, it, and it's, you know, open and you feel like uh, you're special. And it's very similar to, you know, the the idea of the frog in the slowly boiling mm-hmm. water. You are in there. You don't know that you're being cooked. Yeah. But you are until it's too late, until the abuse, the physical abuse happens. And then it's like, I'm already in this. And he mm-hmm. said it was just that one time. And it's just because he's angry. If I don't make him angry, it's not going to happen again. Yeah. And these things like pile up and you do end up stuck in those things. And so for people who are always like, why don't you leave? It really is not that simple. Um, and I can speak from that because I've been in several toxic relationships. Three were incredibly harmful to me mentally and emotionally and mm-hmm. things that I still have to unlearn. 
Like there are times when I'm like, I have a, a reaction to basic anger. Like people are allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be angry, mm-hmm. right? But if someone's just like grumpy about something, I immediately feel like I'm attacked yeah. because that was the way that I had been trained. It was that I was already on the offense of like, no, like it's not me. I didn't do it. Like mm-hmm. I'm like offended by anger because <laughs> of those things. And so it's really how your brain gets rewired. And so mm-hmm. especially when you're, you end up being, you know, and replicate like situations too, because that's what you believe you're worthy of too. But like, mm-hmm. not so like in your face, like I'm no, I'm worthy of trash, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's something subconscious. You don't even notice it's happening. And then yeah. you're in and, and you're like, again, <laughs> like, and it really takes like being out of it and escaping it to kind of look back and be like, oh, well, there's all the red flags. <laughs> Could have, uh, could have paid attention to that one. Um, or just like, you know, realizing like, oh, I see how manipulative it was and how it affected me and changed the way that I perceived danger and perceive mm-hmm. um, myself too. And so I think the this film does, in the first act, does a really good job of showing, like it, it's this fantastical premise that turns out it could be real, <laughs> um, the fantastical premise of, he's invisible and he's tormenting her. Mm -hmm. But when you translate that to like, what does this mean? Media analysis. It's that, you know, you were always haunted and the abuse doesn't really go away. You have PTSD, you have this residual pain that you now have to live with. Like you were always looking over your shoulder. The, and, and it's very real that that person could very much be watching you from your webcam mm-hmm. or like around the corner. Like women who get to finally leave one of these relationships often end up dead yeah. because they are found. Like you're not allowed to leave them. Like it's too late. Like it, yeah. and so there is, there's a real level to that where you feel like you're, you're being watched. Yeah. And I feel like also the invisibleness of him kind of like, for me, it was like, the abuse was blatantly happening mm-hmm. to her, but no one else could see it. It all looked like she was like doing it to herself. That it was her fault. Yeah. That she was the one making all of it happen. And like I feel like in a society that is putting men up on this pedestal or like abusers up, honestly, on a pedestal of, well, that didn't happen when I went on a date with yeah. them. Uh or like I never even kind of saw them be that way. It's mm-hmm. like, just because your experience is one way with somebody does not mean that that is how they act with other human beings. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like him being invisible and it all falling on her kind of just made me feel that way. Yeah. Him. And because I, I think a big theme with it is gaslighting, mm-hmm. right? Like she even says it, that he, she says, he always does this. He makes me out to be the crazy one. And, and that's a, Uh, one of the main tactics of uh, abuse is that, Mm -hmm. you know, you confront and that's something like before gaslighting was a term, I experienced that and was like, why, like, why this? Like, I cannot, like, I cannot reconcile these two worlds of truth, right? It's like, how could you like accuse me of all X, Y, and Z when I know for a fact you're doing X, Y, and Z and you're just accusing me because you feel guilty, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it twists your world, right? Yeah. And so for people who don't know, um, gaslighting, here's a, do you want to give the definition from Wikipedia? It's in red. It says, Wikipedia says. Oh, <laughs> gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or a group can convert, covertly, covertly. 
sow seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or group, making them question their own memory, perception, or judgment, often evoking in them cognitive dissonance and other changes, including low self-esteem. Yeah. So if you're, if your reality, this person is very clearly cheating and that person says you're crazy, you're being uh, controlling, you're being obsessive. You looking through my phone is an invasion of privacy, not the fact that like you have cause to look through my phone because you don't trust me. Right. And so then it gets twisted where you're like, you're right. Like, I'm sorry, I invaded your privacy. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe it's because I'm not doing something or, or, you know, and that's not the case. That's not how cheating works. Um, It's not your fault. It's that person's fault. They have things to deal with. Um, So yeah, uh, gaslighting is is very strong in here. And like you were saying it, it, there's often times where she says, he's doing this. He did this. And they look at her like, and that's, you know, victim blaming 101. Mm-hmm. It's it's you let like, how could you let someone do that to you? Do you not care about yourself enough that you can let them degrade you? And how could you believe them? And how could you stay here? Like I've had I've had those those things thrown at me where I'm just yeah. like me of all people, like if people know me in real life, that's why I'm like, I'm using this is Gabe's using her platform being yeah. too personal. Um, yeah, like if you know me, I'm a very strong minded person. Yeah. And I'm very like you know, very in defense of things that I believe in. And yeah, you don't take crap. Yes. Uh, And for someone like me to have experienced those things several times, it's not like a one time where I was like, oops, that's an oopsie guy. You know, it's (laughs) happened way more than enough times where you're like, and it isn't like any, and it takes a lot to kind of look in the mirror and be like, it wasn't my fault that those things happened. And, And that takes a lot of growth. It takes a lot to be like, that is on them and i am a victim in it but i am also a survivor in it and i think that's where the strength comes from right yeah um and that's where i think this film loses it is that there isn't any strength because she's not a survivor she's always a victim until she just yeah can't be anything but like it and it was very interesting how the the man in this specifically literally takes everyone from her. Like, it's not even just like a, oh, they don't want to talk to you anymore. Oh, we're not friends with her. Like, they like, he like says stuff so that like, you don't want to be friends with those people anymore. He literally murders them. Yeah. Violently and in public. And like, so it was the actual removal of the people, like literally like taking their lives was, it just, it was one Felt exce- it felt like this not how that would happen. Yeah. Because um, usually I feel it, or I don't know, but I feel like it would be specifically geared towards the person. Mm-hmm. Like that the issue is with them and their person that they're trying to overcome and take control of. But they also did, he did do that in, mm-hmm. in um, hacking her email and yeah. s- sending that email to her sister and her sister believed it mm-hmm. because there was truth in that. Like we do, I mean, we're all human and sometimes you're upset with people that you care about. Yeah. Um, and you, there are things you don't want to say to people like, <laughs> you know? And so he did that. Yeah. He actively did that. And then also by, uh, targeting her, attacking her, and having her act out and, and seem unhinged also added to people, like, her being alienated. Uh-huh. Like, that's that's a part of it. Like, she was being alienated before people started dropping. Yeah. And being attacked. Like, when he... And that's why I think the first part of this film, 
does a really good job with it. Yeah. Like I really felt like the I was up I was for it. Yeah, it was beginning. great at the beginning. It, it was so great. Like uh, cinematography wise, phenomenal. Like r- right from the beginning, we're in the house and she is gonna leave, mm-hmm. right? And so she's doing all these little tasks to to get ready to leave. Yeah, and she's creeping and being quiet and you know, lingering and and all these things. And she's got stuff stashed and she's got this plan. She's executing it. And even from then we are the camera observing her from afar. Yeah. And so that's what I thought was super interesting is that like, there's like a scene where, um, she like leaves the room and we're in the hallway and we're Mm -hmm. stuck in the hallway. Yeah. Just waiting. And you think, Oh, he's going to get up and come in here and he does it. And so I think that kind of similar tension that we're, we're, kind of given reminded me of see you yesterday mm-hmm. with the scene with the police officer at the beginning um where you think oh my gosh it's gonna happen now so you're put into the position of those characters because you know that's a reality so yeah. you already know it's a reality that he could know what she's doing and that he's evil whatever and so when you're put into that position and you see uh like he's sleeping and then she leaves the room and he's still in there you're like tense you're mm-hmm. afraid you're wondering it's inevitable it's gonna happen he's coming yeah and so it really kind of draws that out but all throughout the the film like even after we leave batman's house <laughs> which is what i call him because he's a man in a suit who uh is rich white guy who abuses people because <laughs> so, he has the power to yeah, do it because he can because he thinks he's you know the hero uh like batman and his house also looked like the battler so <laughs> one plus two. Yeah. Uh, so when even outside of Batman's house, when we're at the friend's house, uh, there's a whole scene. So there, a lot of the camera angles are very voyeuristic mm-hmm. and you definitely feel like it, it's purposeful so that you always feel like you're watching instead of being a part of it. Like it totally mm-hmm. separates, separates yourself from the traditional filmmaking techniques and that are there to convince you that this, thing on film is real mm-hmm. and in, instead it's that it's even more real because it continues to exist when we're not there mm-hmm. right so like even when the action has left the screen we're still in that room right yeah. like when she's in the kitchen she leaves to go answer a question the thing catches on fire they were gone there's you can hear stuff happening in the background but we're stuck in the kitchen because yeah. we're him mm-hmm. we're watching and there's times where there's a camera angle and you're just in the closet yeah. And I was like, this is so uncomfortable where we're just far away. It doesn't make like cinematically it wouldn't make any sense to be so far from her when she's having this emotional moment. But yeah. of course we are because we're not a camera right now. We are yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, we're like the yeah. ones watching her. So there's lots of scenes where it's very far. It gives this it, it it's so interesting because it's it's very dichotomous where we have these very big open spaces. Like Batman's house is very open and there's glass windows uh and like just space right mm-hmm. just space on space and then there's just her and it, even though there's all this open air and there's tall ceilings all this we still feel very claustrophobic you still feel like suffocated yeah. in that space because that's what you feel as a person like you're you can be a room full of people and you feel utterly alone right mm-hmm. um and that's like what the cinematography is trying to show and i thought that was like that was like my favorite part yeah no, I mean, it's honestly, I feel like the saving grace of it. Like, it, like no one could argue that part was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, better. it just makes you 
I feel like every time it was a wide, like far away shot, like you knew it was, it was most of the film. <laughs> You're just like ready to be uncomfortable. You're like, oh no, why? What's about to happen? Yeah. What's happening? Um, and it like prepared you to feel tense at the same time. Yeah. Very paranormal activity. You felt like her. Yeah. It was very, like my favorite paranormal activity uh, camera technique is from Paranormal Activity 3. And they put the camera on an oscillating fan. They take the fan off and they, I was like, and when it was happening, I was in the theaters and I was like, you know, that's so rude. Don't do that right now. And then it's just like, and you're like, oh, when we come back around here, there's going to be some, oh, nothing. All right. When we come back around here, oh, there's a sheet. Oh, when go the she drops and you're like, oh, I have to wait for her to come back to know what's happening. It's so great. Yeah. Like 10 it's out fantastic. of 10. That's, I will, <laughs> I will argue that is the hill I will die on about paranormal activity. I Excellent. think it, you know, transforms the, the found footage landscape. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The, um, this has been a lot of me. Do you want to say, say anything else? I feel like I've been talking oh, a lot. Uh, well, yeah, I just feel like it really does a good job at show, like the good parts is that it does a good job at showing, like, kind of how... Or I'd argue maybe it doesn't do a good job of it. In that... So, when you go through trauma, you're very adaptive to said trauma. It doesn't always hit till afterwards. Till you're out of it. As you were saying, like, it haunts you. Because you can't recover from something if it's still actively happened to you. So, you're the frog, not realizing all the awful. Mm -hmm. And it's just really interesting how that just, like, is so true and plays out in, honestly, lots of media and just real life. And that, yeah. like, people need to really know that kind of thing. It's like, you're not going to notice something's wrong until you have to. Yeah. There's no other choice. Yeah. Uh, and it, Yeah. I definitely think the, the, the first half really does a good job of showing her trauma. Mm -hmm. And... And then it gets kind of quirky. So I think the the third act of this film really falls short and honestly pulls the rug under from it and makes it not a great film in my... Like, yeah, it, it made me really disappointed mm -hmm. and sad because I felt like uh, the plot, you know, that was spoon-fed to the audience in the beginning in, the, in a way that I, was fine. I think it was great. Like, it, it was a good mesh of the cinematography and the storytelling, and you really identified with her. And then totally, like, goes off the rails and becomes this, like, action film. It becomes violent. It becomes silly. Yeah. Um, and it, it was no longer scary. It was just kind of like, we're just kind of following the action. We are mm -hmm. being let down. Like, kind of detached from it, even. You're just kind of like... Yeah. All right, this is still happening. Yes. All and right. I think it's kind of lost because I I think a big part of it is that we can tell the stories of abuse from people who aren't who haven't been there. Um, you can tell the story of like being in it and immediately after, but if you haven't been in that situation, you don't really know what the survival and the residual feelings are later. Like you don't know yeah. that unless you've experienced it, and so it's hard to kind of convey that or know be honest and truthful to it if you don't know and he mm -hmm. doesn't right um and so I just felt like it was disappointing I didn't feel relief or satisfaction um in the end and like spoilers you know how it works here <laughs> definitely watch the film uh, she kills him yeah and to me that was another rape revenge story that horror is you know, he's like uses as an easy way out. Um, it's very Tyler Perry's Diary of a Mad Black Woman, which still haunts me. That's a horror film. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not supposed to be, but it is horrifying. Like there's still parts of that film 
that emotionally as somebody who has empathy, really, I can't. It's mm-hmm. a nightmare. Uh, but it, I think that this trope is super tired and it doesn't bring any joy. And it and it kind of insults the first half of this film. Yeah. Because if this film's idea is to empower women or folks who have suffered from relationship abuse and a controlling, gaslighting partner, I think it fails them by wielding this premise of pain and acting out a fantasy that many, if not most, will never do. Yeah. And and the fact of the matter is uh, you have to confront this idea of like how many women are incarcerated from doing that. Like how many women have finally acted out on abuse and are now in prison? And I'll tell you, that as many as 90% of the women in jail today for killing men had been battered by those men. And this is from an article in Boston Globe from 1992, right? So <laughs> this is like, yeah. that that's like a real thing. And, and if mm-hmm. you look at statistics today, if you just kind of, you look at that, right? One, this is why I'm on the prison abolition train anyway. But that ending is unsatisfactory because it's really unrealistic. Like I know we're yeah. talking about a film. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Where a guy is like invisible. Yeah, whatever. I get that. But also the technology is there, but it's not real. That's not how you cope. That's not how you deal with that. <laughs> yeah. And what it should have done, honestly, is ended before spoilers. It, he killed the sister. Yeah. It should have ended before that, because honestly, her going to her sister, I would have been satisfied <laughs> with them, her believing her. Them working together. Getting to, the suit. Yeah, like getting, to... like, well, just like getting her footing in a space that, like, didn't feel temporary. Didn't, and it's not like to say that, like, sometimes, I'm sure, you have to handle it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, more times yeah. than not, unfortunately. Um, but I, I agree with you. It just, like, totally took the realness away from it. It took the message away from it. It took her growth entirely out of the equation and made it, like, cater to people who want to just watch a gunfight and explosions or whatever. There weren't really yeah. explosions, I don't but, think. Yeah, but, like, you like know, just, like, violence. Piece, yeah. Or just, like, let's just... We're going to get revenge. It's going to be fun. Everyone's going to love it. Yeah. I think a film that's no. against domestic violence had a lot of violence. And it that's not good it's not fun it's not like it really feels like it totally when I was watching I was like I feel like we've switched over the production team and the production value to this whole like we became a a whole different film yeah Yeah. And, and because I also think like and they try to explain it away with it being the brother but I feel like he it totally those aren't tactics that he would have ever done because he never would have felt like he was losing and that's the thing. It's like, you're, if you want to win, if you want to show a win, you have to use his his pain and, and the, his tools against him, right? So, like, using his cockiness and all of that against him would have been a, would have been smart. But that's not... And it was such a lackluster revenge, too. Like, it just kind of happened. And, like, her re- reaction... There should like, have heard, been a brother. She's like, you heard... You you know what you heard, right? Like to the to the friend or whatever. Like, where is she? All of a sudden, she's just this vixen, like this villainess. Like all of a sudden, she's grown to be this. Yeah, they the, didn't do the any very... of the character development. They just actively traumatized her over and over and over again on screen. Yeah. Until she hurt somebody. Yeah. 
it, yeah, it wasn't satisfying. It wasn't realistic. I just feel like it totally took something that already, like, the technology does exist. Yeah. But it could have been way better if they, one, even just took a different direction when she got dinner with the sister. Yeah. That even would have been satisfying. Yeah. If it wasn't just, like, Oh, another everyone, crazy woman. Yeah. Crazy woman, murder time. Everyone's around her is going to die. And it's, like, really lazy. And I was not thrilled. Yeah. It cheapened it. It made it yeah. not about, like, survival and strength. It inspired nothing. It was just like, that happened. Cool. I forget the beginning now, so I guess we watched that. Yeah. Well, and, like, I think it also threw up these, like, plot devices and then totally, like, dropped them. Mm-hmm. And, then like, the, like, with her pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's very clear that he has been raping her. Like, that's how, yeah. like, what happens in that. And that he very clearly had done so when she, like, like, it's happening off screen. But it's to be inferred that he's doing abuse to her, right? Yeah. Um, And for him to just, like, want, like, I was like, what kind of, like, royalty fanfic are we watching right now that his whole purpose is to have an heir? Like, I was like, what is this? Like, where, is the prince of a nation that he needs yeah, an heir? Like, that's disgusting. Also, if anything, that motivates you to leave harder so that they don't have to be yeah. around. And, like, you can't use... Yeah, I think her bringing... Like, we never even talked about, like, is she going to keep it? There was never a discussion of, like, like the the pain of... of being pregnant with also they someone know she's, who raped you. Yeah, and they also, they know she's pregnant and actively, like, drugging her and, like, being, like, physically very forceful with her, yeah. knowing she is pregnant. It cheapened it. It made it, it not great. It yeah. just basically made it a bad time. Yeah. And, yeah, they just didn't pay, like, they would pay respect to one type of abuse and then totally neglect another one, and you can't use the Me Too movement and then totally neglect sexual abuse. That happens. Well, it sounds like something someone who has not experienced. Well, I mean, we don't know their or their life, yeah. but if yeah. they have not but, experienced it or it's not their lens or space to speak on yeah. it. Yeah. There was, like, an article where it said Lee had, um, like, interviewed a bunch of women in his life to kind of get this idea. And to me, it really felt like a film made by someone who, like, finally heard about the trauma of women, like all of a sudden are aware of it and we're like, let's make a movie about it. And like, like they can, that person can because he's a white man, Bloomhouse will just give him whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, women have been telling these stories and have had these feelings and have gone through these things and could probably tell this story more concisely and more, you know, effectively, but we don't give them that platform because it took until now for a film like The Invisible Man to even be considered good enough for screen. Yeah. Right? Like, people just didn't think this is a story anyone wanted to hear. And they had to add gunfights and bloody guts flying everywhere and all of that to make it palatable (laughs) to an audience (laughs) that it's not for. (laughs) Yes. This is uh, the, the sad story of um what is it the 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 accidentally found a missed one jennifer's body jennifer's body jennifer's body this is jennifer's body right that it was originally intended to be a feminist film and then they took all of that part out to cater to an audience in the male gaze when that's not the point yeah. and they did the same thing here and then they also regurgitate tired horror tropes yep. like their portrayal and use of black characters yeah it was totally just, how are you doing? 
Are you okay? What's happening? Are you? I am here with no other character development or existence, but to be here for you. Yeah. That's entirely what it was. He was a cop, but we didn't hear about it. Mm -hmm. He had a job and a life and a daughter. That didn't matter at all compared to the nice blonde lady. Nothing against Elizabeth Moss, but (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, it's it's tired. It's tired. He even has that line. Stop. Where he says, like, I let you down. Like, it's I shouldn't have left you, right? Like, no, you 100% should have left her. She what, technically you in this realm hits your daughter. Yeah. Yes, you should have left. Yes, you, you have no duty thing. to this. Yeah, you do not owe her anything. She's having a psychotic break, and maybe you should have, like, called for help, like, called her sister yeah. or called for her to get some psychiatric help, right? But, it, I mean, and you're a cop. Unfortunately, they usually handle those things pretty badly anyway. But you could have called your friends and been like, I have a friend who's having a break right now. Um, but you don't owe her. You do not. There's nothing that you owe this woman. Uh-huh. There's nothing. And there was literally no backstory to explain. Why? Why they're friends. What, what, what happened. Why he feels like he needs to help her. Yeah. Um, nothing. He, you get one line that he says, I'm a cop. <laughs> and no joke. Uh, Because they're, like, attacking him, like, fun. And so that is to be, like, oh, look at this big, strong black man. And this is just like they talk about in horror noir and in a time again trope is that they use, they build up this black man who's tough and powerful so that they can break him down by the big evil villain so we can be convinced that he is very bad. And that's exactly, like, it's It's so cheap. And it's cheap. Like, if he was not in his invisibility cloak, he wouldn't have been able to get any hits on that man. And it's rude that, like, our first abuse is, like, besides to Elizabeth Moss, is to this young black yeah. woman. <laughs> right? yeah. This black girl gets hit, and he reacts very honestly to that. Yeah. Like, you know, I think... He uh, acted correctly. Like, that 100%. He or nothing, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, so there, that's one of the many things that really kind of falls for it. So I think it's kind that's of... That's made it like a... I said, like, a C plus, but it's even less than that now. Yeah. Like, I, because to me, I think, like, if you haven't really lived it, can you really tell the story honestly? And if you're not being, like, I feel like he was trying to be aware of the fact that he didn't have the right to it and put in some effort. But I think he really, like, I think it's a part of, like, the production house having more control than the creative. Yeah. If anything, I feel like this is a good opportunity so people who have these privileges, power, mm-hmm. take a second, realize you maybe shouldn't be the one making the thing, but instead, if you know somebody who can tell that story, yeah. you use your privilege and platform to have them do it. Yeah. You partner. Yeah. You just have two, like, there's people with two directors, right? Sure. Is a thing? You can I don't know. Or you can write and direct, like, yeah, you yeah. can be a team. Help. Be but, like, you don't, it's not... Second. Just because it needs to be told does not mean it is your job to tell it. To tell it as the person who does not have that in your toolbox of things you know about. And if you don't have friends who do that, then maybe you need to get different friends. Or not different, but more friends. Like expand mm-hmm. your circle, your social circle. Get to know people of different backgrounds and lives, lifestyles and learn from Uh them and also like help them and lift each other up like we need to be doing that also if you're going to use their stories they need to be listed yeah like they need the credit you can't just say oh look at me i talked to people believe me i talked to them (laughs) they get no credit in this film yeah but i mentioned that i talked to them so it's fine yeah i talked to elizabeth moss and so i did it i did it it's all done (laughs) talk to elizabeth moss
She's the one from Hollywood. One lady. One lady. She Can knows. She's been in Handmaid's Tale. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. All I'm saying is, just because, yes, you have the power to do so. Yeah. Use that power to put the right person in the seat. In the place, yeah. To do it. Like, it's not all of our individual jobs to tell stories that aren't ours. Yes. Like, we shouldn't be telling them. I did want to plug one thing from the Smithsonian Magazine. Go for it. That the technology does exist for this film, which I thought was really cool. And it says, Canada-based hyper-stealth biotechnology has created a thin sheet of material capable of bending light to create the same kind of invisibility effect. The material called quantum stealth Dope. works with all wavelengths of visible light, and it works by bending light coming from the background on both sides toward the viewer to bend a blind spot in the middle. So, so it's just mirrors. Yeah. So it's like how he had all those cameras and it was very trypophobic warning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because that's what it would take is like you're you're not becoming invisible. You're just manipulating what people are seeing. Are able to see. Yeah. yeah. So you're becoming a blind spot. Um, I feel like we already rated it in this whole film and, and this whole uh, episode. And the rating was bad. Yeah. It was like the first 25 and maybe a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, good, good film, good good filming, specifically, yes. like, cinematography and, yeah. like, acting, like, story. Yeah. Cool. Then hard. Hard. Why are we doing? Hard why? Why? Hard why? What are we doing? Ugh. Ugh. I. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. It's not a mini-sode. It's just a sode. Yeah, and, you know, um, we have lots to say all the time. We don't know how to stop. Yeah. But, but this you is love about us. the time, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'd say, you know, I mean, watch it because I think everyone should experience it. I think people it was should like, see because there's good parts of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, understand this is not the best way to have done that. And it was yeah. disappointing. I was so disappointed. Ugh, that's sad. Give it a, give give ladies a chance. Um, yeah, so don't get married. I'll eat your kids. Yeah. Bye. Bye.